What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Shut Up. Keep going. Are we <laughs> keeping go? Please keep. Keeping go? I don't know why I said it that way. Um, how are you doing, Kate? I'm fine. <laughs> yeah, we're doing a, a quick check-in. I'm, I don't know why I opened this can of worms because I, too, am fine. That's good. I want to take a nap for like a week. Yeah. I kind of want to just like stare at a wall for a while. Yeah. I realized maybe this is maturity, but I really can just like sit in a chair and just sit there for a long time. Oh, really? I get fidgety. I used to not, but I think maybe that just shows how burnt out I am right now. (laughs) Oh, I'm sorry. I also, I wanted to paint this picture. One second. First, we hear you all. I know we've gotten a lot of requests about us doing a video version of this podcast. We had a discussion about it over cheese. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, I'm not coming with good news. I'm just letting you know that we hear you and we talked about it. We, we too would like to do a video podcast, but I just it. don't think we have time to I have edit a lot of it. work to do on my face before that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna face transplant. <laughs> Did you see all those National Geographic photos of the woman that got the first face transplant? Yeah, crazy. Wild. No, but so I we hear you and we're trying to figure out a solution. Unfortunately, we're not at the solution quite yet maybe once the podcast gets big enough that we're making money then we can pay an editor yeah so tell all your friends to follow us to listen because we need a lot of listeners so that we can tell the people that would pay us we have a lot a lot of listeners right now right now unfortunately what we appreciate and love all of you (laughs) it's just not cutting it (laughs) doritos doesn't want to give us the bag (laughs) does doritos sponsors podcasts i don't know why i chose them I feel I like don't think so. Doritos. I feel like Zip, a new venture. Zip Recruiter yeah, does. Yeah, like Stamps.com. It's like yeah. the weirdest like, It's like companies. the same like five companies that just sponsor all of the podcasts. Madison Reed, which honestly I use. So it Wait, got what me. Is it? It's like a fancy like hair dye thing that's basically like box color, but it's like... Fancy? Aesthetic? Like, the, yeah. <laughs> but it's like the same thing. That's like my favorite trend of our our gener that our generation is in right now which is it's just like all of these things that are like all these products that our parents used to use that we are like ew and then they like put it with like a like sans serif font and like are really like two opposing colors and just like make it look really graphic looking with like an abstract shape in the back and then they're like hey it's like i will pay 500 dollars. this is what you want it's a sick game it is a sick game no but so i'm getting off track basically i was gonna paint you guys a picture which is kate so kate used to use these headphones that i had at my house because i had them for my gn and um they were just like production type they were over the ear black headphones they're audio tech technica and she forgot to bring her headphones this week. And so the only headphones that I had available for her to use were these Republic of Gaming ROG like headphones. And they're so big on her head. <laughs> she looks like it literally adds six inches to her total head circumference. And it's just so funny ha- looking straight at her face and having to keep a straight face while she just has that additional mass <laughs> added to her head. Just like a mouse. Because don't they have pink ears? They're very big and I hear everything. But don't you also hear nothing? Because you said the noise canceling was working really well. 
Yeah, I, I guess that's what I mean. And this week's episode is sponsored by ROG. Just kidding. We don't have any money. <laughs> do you want to start? Um, or do you want me to start? I can start. Oh, I have start. a good one. Because then I'll, yeah. I think it'll like rejuvenize us. It'll get us out of our fines. Okay, can I say something really weird? Say it. Do you ever get like little feelings on your skin and you're like, that definitely is a bug? Yes. I have that all the time. All the time? Do you do heroin? No, but I'm maybe. Are you okay? Yeah, I think it's in my head. Well, so the reason why I asked is because I don't know if it's like part of heroin withdrawals or it happens if you like use a lot of heroin, but you start kind of like hallucinating and part of it is thinking that there's bugs under your skin. And I know that because my dad had an employee and I almost said his name and it was this whole, there was like this whole episode where my dad had like a sinking suspicion that he like had been using drugs. And then there was one day where he just freaked out because he swore that there were bugs under his skin. And I want to say that he thought the government put them there. I mean, I was oh. like, oh no. And luckily the man quit before my dad had to fire him. <laughs> so it all worked out, I guess, but I hope he's doing well. I, do you know dust mites? Yes. I'm allergic to them. Yeah. I found out that because I used to go to my mom's allergist with her for mm -hmm. some reason and I the allergist thought it was like a fun teaching moment for me so he like gave me this whole presentation of what dust mites are even though he wasn't even my allergist he was my mother's allergist and I literally could not sleep for several days and I thought I was gonna die because From I was dust like mites. well I was just like how like I just have to live with the fact that there is bugs over me all over me all the time Maybe that's where it originated. Because aren't they like... Yeah, they're just all over. But so is everything. There's like bugs in your eyelashes. There's bugs. Like I'm going to freak oh, sorry. out. <laughs> I thought you knew that. There's bugs in your eyelashes? Yeah, they're like eating all the like dead skin. They're helping us. What kind of bugs are they? I don't know. Friendly ones? Jeez. Okay. Okay. On that note, we're addressing the... I'm going to call it a rumor. Some might call it a conspiracy that Fidel Castro is Justin Trudeau's father. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, we will include this photo in our image guide over on Instagram at shut up, keep going all one word, but I'm going to just show Kate. Would you prefer me text it to you or do you want me to, to me. okay, I'm going to text her the photo evidence. Yeah, so they so the photo on the left is so basically they superimposed like Fidel Castro on a photo of Justin Trudeau and then vice versa and like things match up. So they're both on top of each other. Yes. How does that prove anything? Well, because it goes together. You can see it. The like features match up. But okay. Okay, not convinced. Debunked. <laughs> so let's just start from the beginning, just in case you don't know. Mm -hmm. Justin Trudeau, Prime Minister of Canada since 2015. He's about 50 years old. There's a lot of memes about how hot he is. It, are there other reasons that the internet's obsessed with him? They, I feel like they just like love this man. I don't know. I, yeah. Also, no, I think it's just that he's like attractive, but I don't find him attractive. I feel like he works at Enterprise Rent-A-Car, which I realize I use a lot just to describe someone that is. Enterprise Rent-A-Car. I've never rented a car from there, so I can't say that I have too much experience. I like, just mean like a random person. 
Well, I said he looks like he'd play a Hollywood dad in a sitcom on the CW. That's real. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, Fidel Castro, Cuban dictator, uh, who established the first communist state in the Western Hemisphere in Cuba. uh, And he died in 2016. So he theoretically got to see his son be prime minister for a year. I'm kidding, guys. I don't know if this is true or not. Um, so the origin of this... Wait, Justin Trudeau is attractive. He is? I take it back. I thought he wasn't, and now I'm looking at these, and he has the those old blue eyes. I feel like he just... Again, he looks like a CW dad. I'm not no, attracted actually, to him. No, actually, now I'm not attracted to him at all anymore. I was, I, There's now one I'm photo that I, I did a Google search, and if you just search Justin Trudeau... And one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. It's the eighth image if you're counting like by the row and then start on the left side for the next one to the right of an AP news article that says Can- Canadian PM's wife has recovered from coronavirus illness. He There's some shadowing on his face that makes him look like somebody I would be attracted to, but I I, I can't say that I'm... Wait, is like, he making this face? Yeah. He looks like he's like, hmm. like he's like kind of contemplating something, and I think there's a flag behind him. Oh yeah, but it doesn't. He doesn't look like that at all in any of the other. No, that's what I I said when I cl- proclaimed that I thought he was hot. It was just because I clicked on one where he looked hot. He changes, maybe. Okay, his wife looks like his sister. <laughs> I just found the funniest picture, and I'm gonna send it to you. This is probably why we need video podcast. so that we can show everybody all the pictures we text each other. Go follow us on Instagram. <laughs> I'm waiting. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I don't really get it. Is it because most politicians like Are aren't old. cute? Yeah. Like low bar. <laughs> I saw that one too. It what wait. <laughs> so there's basically this photo of Justin Trudeau and this man that is not Justin Trudeau. And the headline, it's a Times article. It says people are convinced this man is Justin Trudeau's lookalike. It's like, I mean, I guess he could be. They, they have, don't look that much alike. They I have similar like eyes, I feel. Yeah. A slow news day. Um <laughs> But anyways, okay, so the origin of this rumor, let's let's get back here. We think people on the internet think that Fidel Castro is actually Justin Trudeau's father. Um, there's a few reasons for that. We're going to get to that in a second. Um, but sure. the fact that they look so similar when you actually look at it is, I think, like a big gra- attention grabber, you know? Mm-hmm. So the origin of the rumor, November 26th, the time is November 2016. Uh, Fidel Castro has passed away, kicked the bucket, if you will. Um, was another one. The, the close the final curtain. <laughs> close the final curtain. Um, the bit the dust. The bit the dust. The old lady has sang. Um, and Justin Trudeau sparked controversy by praising Fidel Castro in a statement about the former Cuban dictator's death, saying, quote, while a controversial figure, both Mr. Castro's supporters and detractors recognized his tremendous dedication and love for the Cuban people who had a deep and lasting affection for El Comandante. Dante? 
El Comandante. I know my father was very proud to call him a friend, and I had the opportunity to meet Fidel when my father passed away. It was also a real honor to meet his three sons and his brother, President Raul Castro, during my recent visit to Cuba. I thought people hated this guy. Wait, I'm so confused. Why is Justin Trudeau's father friends with him? We're going to get to that. Okay. Well, actually, we don't really get to that. It's a point of the story, but I I couldn't really wrap my head around. And then I was like trying. You are per- privy to like history and stuff. Like, I mean, I thought everybody hated Fidel Castro. Like, wasn't he like a horrible dictator that like killed a ton of people and like his people like suffered horribly at the hands of his dictatorship? Or was that just like played up by American media? To be honest, I don't know. And I feel like I should. I I don't. I mean, I'm asking you because I don't be know. You might mixing so. it up. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't want to say anything. I, there's, I mean, there's other Latin American dictators who are very, very, very bad. So maybe it's that. We have that in our mind, you know? Yeah, but I still feel we like. We also hated Cuba. I was going to, maybe that's what I'm associating with. And like, if we liked the guy who was running Cuba at the time, then like, wouldn't we hate Cuba less? Like if we liked the person running Yeah, it? no, we wouldn't be like, let's like. So I don't know. Just look it up yourself. We didn't, I don't look it up. Um, But anyways, people, the Canadians weren't stoked that Trudeau was, it's Trudeau, right? <laughs> Trudeau. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. It's French. That Trudeau was trying to humanize a dictator who caused a ton of suffering for his people. But the statement, as well as his family's friendly history with Castro, led to people thinking that Trudeau is actually Fidel Castro's son. Drama. Dun, dun, dun. So November 27th, 2016, two days after Castro's death was announced, a user on the Donald Trump subreddit r slash the underscore Donald presented a theory that Justin Trudeau, the son of former prime minister Pierre Trudeau, was actually a love child of Fidel Castro and Margaret Trudeau, who's his, who's Justin Trudeau's mother. Now, I get like that that source material is suspect, um, and I actually researched this via what's it called? Um, Snopes. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, I got this from Snopes and it did, we'll get to it in a second, but I felt like they left out information. And so to be impartial one way or another, I do feel the need to include that while this was found on Reddit, um, that, I don't know if that's necessarily the original, original source material because Snopes seemed to like leave out certain information um, that I felt was pertinent to understanding the whole situation. And I, that to me felt like there was a bias there because they ultimately concluded that this was false and maybe this was false even without the information that they seem to have left out. But yeah, anyways, letting y'all know. So here is the theory. It starts with three unconnected assertions. Assertion one is Margaret Trudeau and Fidel Castro met in 1971 and were close friends afterwards. Assertion two is Margaret Trudeau was sexually promiscuous. Um, I also read some theories that the Trudeaus, like the couple, were swingers. Mm -hmm. And uh, assertion three is Fidel and Justin look uncanny. Okay. You don't think so? Look up a picture of Fidel Castro. I'm really obsessed with seeing if he was a good person. <laughs> and I, okay, I, 
if you want the really, really short answer, it's that it's complicated. That he actually did kind of do some good stuff. He wasn't like a, he wasn't like Stalin, but he also wasn't great. Got it. Mixed reviews. I don't think he looks that much like Justin Trudeau. Really? Oh, I see it. Do you know who he looks like? He looks like Liam Neeson. He does look like Liam Neeson. Which is like kind of surprising. I definitely see the Liam Neeson. Liam Neeson Neeson meets, like in this picture, he looks like Marcus Mumford. Yes, I see it there. But then also the thing is, I can see traces of it. I can see it. I can see it. Um, Anyways, so those are the three bases of the theories. Um, but let's, let's look into this. So the Trudeaus were close to Fidel Trasco. (laughs) The Trudeaus were close to Fidel Castro, who once described Pierre Trudeau as quote, a close friend and an extraordinary figure. Um, and then Margaret Trudeau was also open in her later writings about her various past affairs. So she wrote a memoir and I guess she disclosed a bunch of that stuff. Um, I don't know that I would, I don't know that I would. I feel like I have more interesting things to talk about in my life than like talking about like all the people I had sex with. Yeah, I don't like just do you really want that on record? That's kind of yeah, weird. like that feels like something that feels like you are at a party and you're like just like oversharing. Yeah. And then the next day you wake up and you're like, shit, I said too much. Like I'm embarrassed. But that was to like one person at a party. But like I feel like to like write it all in a book, I would like really you can't do that. Yeah, because yeah. I feel like that cuts to me at like a Barnes and Noble tearing out pages like 14 through 18 <laughs> of like every book in stock. <laughs> Cause I, what I love about the oral tradition mm-hmm. of storytelling <laughs> is like, you can't knock me on the facts after the, after it. Do you after know what the I mean? facts. Yeah. Like it's like, however I'm feeling that day is going to inform how I'm telling the story. Yeah. And that also does translate to writing, but it's there. Yes. You know, there's a record. There's a record, written record. That's why if you ever want, like you're dealing with somebody who's a liar, have them email it to you. Yeah. That email trail is damning. Listen, have you seen a picture of Pierre Trudeau? Cause he is insane no. looking. <laughs> like hot. <laughs> he looks like he would, he looks kind of like, the personification of like Nigel Thornberry. <laughs> yeah, like I can he even does. hear Nigel Thornberry's like, oh. like accent coming out. He looks like a, like a, yeah, like a, uh, cartoon of like an old diplomat. Yeah. Well, he was an old diplomat. True. Um, okay. So I didn't know Justin Trudeau's dad was also a prime minister. Nepotism. <sighs> Stressed out by that. Yeah. No, I didn't know that either until I researched this. Okay. Okay. So uh, the Reddit user points to a newspaper article that the Trudeaus and Castros met in 1971, but I couldn't actually go to the original Reddit post because that subreddit has been banned. Mm. Uh, So according to Snopes, they claim that it is a, quote, willful misreading of the article. Um, And the reason why them meeting in 1971 or prior to that is important is because Justin Trudeau was born December 25th. He's a Christmas baby, 1971. So they would have had to conceive in March of 1971-ish in order to- Is that when they met? Possible. Well, that's kind of what they're arguing is that there's no proof that they met in 1971. 
Um, so there is an article by Canadian newspaper, the globe and mail that describes the first time the two leaders spoke to not met each other. Pierre Trudeau's and Fidel Castro's paths crossed for the first time in 1970 when the Canadian government sought to negotiate the exile of members of the FLQ who had kidnapped British trade commissioner, James Cross. Fidel Castro obliged that obliged. Sorry. My eyes just wigged out. Fidel Castro obliged. That's how you say that. Mm-hmm. Scarf. <laughs> Scarf. How are you supposed to say that? Or scare. Scares. 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 Which one you is said, it? Remember when you said scarce and I was like, it's scarce. It's yeah. scarce. Yes. Scars. <laughs> what? What? It's obvious. It's scarce. Scarce oblige obliged that doesn't sound right i know it doesn't is obliged just something different or am i making that one <laughs> I don't that's a word. <laughs> oh shit okay well fidel castro obliged the canadian prime minister by providing a refuge and in a private letter mr trudeau later extended his heartfelt gratitude but again that happened in 1970 and it is when the leaders spoke to each other they did not meet that's what's sure. reported so the first time publicly documented castro and the trudeaus met face to face was a famous trip to cuba in 1976 okay uh so the event has the event has been chronicled along with some quote purportedly <laughs> shit purportedly saucy comments in a book Three Nights in Havana by Robert Wright, a book ISBN number. Just kidding. <laughs> For those of you who want to look it up. Uh, that's been cited as many of the Trudeau's truthers to suggest sexual attraction between Margaret and Fidel. But obviously in 1976, Justin would have already been five. So at that point, we don't really care if that's when they're meeting because the the baby is already the baby in question is already born. Mm. Uh, so based on Snopes research and using a 2013 study published in the journal of human reproduction that looked at pregnancy lengths, it ranges from 247 to 284 days. And that would mean that Castro and Margaret would have had to have conceived between March 16th and April 22nd, 1971. Well, Margaret and Pierre Trudeau were secretly wed on March 4th, 1971 and honeymooned until March 8th in British Columbia. But it is also documented that the Trudeaus took a second honeymoon in the Caribbean to Barbados and an unidentified nearby island. Oh, he's definitely Could it have son. been Cuba? I believe it now. It should be noted that the Snopes article did not mention this second honeymoon. Okay. So that was what I was saying is like, they left out some like, like that's like a big thing. They honeymooned somewhere that's literally an unidentified nearby Island right next to Cuba in the window of when he would have had to be conceived. She fucked Fidel. She right? really did. She was also really hot. Good for her. Really? When she was young? Yeah. <laughs> We're gonna, it's, this is just like me looking at pictures like, she has this really cool photo with her and Andy Warhol. Oh, she... Oh, wow. Good for her. Yeah. Good for her. She looks like Jessica Chastain. Just in that one picture. Oh, I was going to say, I don't know that I see that. Anyways, um, so 
that's like some pretty damning piece of evidence. Yeah. Um, but those against this conspiracy say that it wouldn't have gone undetected for such a high profile couple to go to Cuba. And I'm going to, I'm going to tell you my bias. I like want this to be true because I think it's like kind of funny. Um, but I, I don't know what like a level headed person would say. I will say though, if the, the two, like if the Trudeaus were able to get secretly wed, I think they're able to secretly go on a honeymoon. And the fact that it's documented that they didn't go to an un, they went to an unidentified Island. Why it's is like, that documented that they went to an, like, why are they even documenting? I don't know. So I, I don't know. It was in a newspaper article. Um, but the other thing is like, yes, they're high profile couple, but I think of like all of the nonsense that goes down in like, just like high profile individuals, whether it's like political people or what, and just like they can get like shifted around like Jeffrey Epstein. But yeah, like it's like they there's a way to go about things and be undetected. 100%. Like they're detected when they want to be detected, you know? Yeah. Um. So this is make, me making an assertion. But the other thing is there assumption? was assertion. Did oh. I say assumption? You said assertion. Oh, well, that's. Yeah, not no, you're halfway there. I'm halfway there. Um, but there what at least we know for a fact that I know how to say a shirt <laughs> assertion. <laughs> um, but there was a bit of an age gap between the Trudeaus. Margaret was 22 and Pierre was 51. Oh my god, are you so serious? They I think they were like a little freaky, and clearly I could see them being swingers, both because Margaret probably wanted something that wasn't like a wrinkly dick, and <laughs> because like Pierre clearly liked that young. I can't think of any word that's not pussy, so <laughs> I'll just say it. So I don't know. Um, and then Fidel Castro can be placed as being in Cuba during the conception window. So it's inconclusive to me, although everything online says that like Vice and all these other reputable um sources say like there's no way this is true but i think it's more fun to just believe things oh i believe it um i think it'd be really great and who whatever youtuber or buzzfeed producer that can make this happen can we get justin trudeau to take a 23 and me yeah and then since fidel castro has since bit the dust um we have some like of his hairs i'm sure or just like have his son he has sons have his sons take a 23 and me and see if there's any crossover or we get am i gonna does can canada canada have like secret service i'm sure they do no they just let their it's so peaceful there they just because i'm gonna say run. something that might be uh offensive like a a flag security i don't know are you planning on going to canada i've never been i actually haven't either i kind of want to go i do too go to montreal but it just seems cold yeah. Like in my head, except it can't always be cold, right? <laughs> I'm an idiot. I was going to say something so mean about Canada. What? Because I don't want to be that person that's like, Canada is lame. But also like, if I'm like going to go to another country like that, I'd rather just go to Europe. <laughs> that's fair. Is that controversial? No, because I think that it's like, even though it's international it feels like it's still on the same continent. Yeah, it's like, I want to get off this continent. Yeah, this rock floating. So my potentially piece of sensitive national security for Canada mm -hmm. is that someone should go poke Justin Trudeau and draw a little blood. He's not <laughs> I thought looking. you were going to say kidnap him. No, I'm just saying like 
get him in a bar, get him drinking. You guys are in a good conversation. He's got a few in him. Mm-hmm. You poke him. He doesn't even know. Just he's like bleeding. Margaret Trudeau had. Listen, and then we'll find out for real. And I think we know what it will be. I think this is what we do. Somebody start working as like maid service in his headquarters, like his like bedroom quarters, just like at his house or something. And then put a bunch of thumbtacks all over the ground. <laughs> he has to step on one that gets the blood in there. Like it's like, oops, how'd that get there? And it's like, I was just trying to hang things up, Masta. And then it's just like, <laughs> you have it. Wait, do we need blood or can we use hair? Well, 23 in me is the swab in the cheek. You need saliva. <laughs> oh, so like, this is what you do. You're his dentist. You you dress up as a dentist. You dress up as a dentist. Done. You need some teeth work. Uh, alternatively, you could undo the pipe from underneath his <laughs> sink and just put like a little like uh, like twist in a little cup. Like, you know, the like urine cups that you pee in when you get like a urine test. Just like do that under his sink. And so when he spits out his toothpaste, like after he's done, like. But wouldn't the toothpaste be muddled? No, we're going to extract the toothpaste, obviously. <laughs> okay. <laughs> if they can figure out your DNA, they can definitely yeah. figure out what's toothpaste and what's DNA. Okay, we're coming for you. So there's several options here. We've inspired you. Go do our dirty work for us. That's fine. Um, we just want to know the truth. I just, I love truth. I just need the truth. But see, things like this I love, and it's like such a fun slash frustrating part of being alive, is like, we will never know the answer to this. Yeah, I know. And it's just like, you just have to accept it. And everyone's telling you like, like all the big dogs just don't want you to know because it'd be embarrassing that like just like just tell us just like just tell us like do you who do you think there's like a vault of secrets that just have like all the secrets of everybody yeah the chamber of secrets no that's in harry potter the national treasure maybe that's what was on the back of the declaration of independence it's like here's our secrets there's so like, many who secrets. slept with everybody i have you ever thought about the fact that the president like has access to like crazy shit and he probably knows like freaky stuff, right? Or does, is it just everybody around the president and the president's just like a figurehead? Maybe they, it would kind of be smart to not tell the president, right? Yeah. He's just a puppet. That's true. Um, but yeah, there, I think I'm there's just... like secrets everywhere. I've been wanting to do this one topic for a while but to be honest it seems like a lot of research like Mm -hmm. more research than I'm willing to do no offense to anybody but like it's this idea that our history the American history like is so filled with propaganda that like half of the stuff that we believe and like are like yeah this is just like how it happened like did not actually happen at all but we've been so indoctrinated because that's like all you learn when you grow up well that's like not even that's a beyond a topic that's like well that's why i was so overwhelmed because i was gonna look at like certain points of history that like everyone just accepts as fact and see like the difference between what's taught in like other countries versus what's in our textbooks but that just seems like so much work yeah you'd have to like i don't know yeah that's too much work i usually do my research in like a nice neat little window do you want to know the one thing i really 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 want to know what who killed john benet ramsey would that be if you could get like the answer like when you get to heaven and you're just like god like i need the answer is that the question you're asking like world like that's like top five for sure who do you think did it the brother or the dad 
It was someone in that house. I really think so. I do too. I do too. Because it's so weird that they're like, let's go look through our house. Like you. Yeah. It's something fishy. Something's fishy. I don't like that stuff. I don't, I don't like cold cases. I can't. I'm just like, I need I, to well, know the answer. I'm surprised that they aren't able to go back because it's so high, high profile now that there's like DNA testing and stuff. Like, don't they have enough like samples put away or something that they could like run that? That's what I don't understand is like, how do not all murders just like are solved? I saw this. I mean, funny- I know that sounds so ignorant. I understand why. I just want to put that out there. I saw this TikTok that was really funny and it was like, this girl who was like they had text over those like all those like 1970s serial killers who thought they got away with murder realizing that like dna testing is like widely available now (laughs) they're like and it's like her laying there like not being able to sleep (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah i don't know i feel like have you seen the conspiracy this is another conspiracy that i'm kind of juggling doing but you know how i feel about like murder and that kind of stuff i try not to bring too much uh like infamy Mm -hmm. to it but there is a conspiracy that oj simpson did not kill nicole but rather it was his son and he knew it and so he was covering up for his son because he knew that he could get off but his son couldn't how old was his son he had like an older son i think he was like in his teen mid-teens Oh. But there's, like, documented, like, he had, like, anger issues and stuff. Mm. He, he did it. OJ. You think OJ did? But that's why people say that the glove didn't fit is because it was actually his son's glove. But he, but why he was, like, being so, like... I don't know enough about to, like... I just know that he did it, like, for sure. I, so I thought he did, too. I think it was him or his son. But after I saw that thing... So maybe I'll do a an episode on yeah, that. Yeah, you should. I'd be curious to hear about that. Um, your turn. Oh, it's my turn. Um, <laughs> no, it's our. It's my sorry. turn. I'm just like again. No, I'm just like trying to rack my brain for conspiracies. I want to know the answer to. I would want to know. I'm trying to think what I want to know. I've, I know everything. There's no... <laughs> There's no mysteries. I don't know. Let me think on it. I mean, I definitely... I feel like I question everything, but it's like all like questions that it's like, ah, like it's fine if I don't have an answer. I know that thing. I I want to know what really happened to JF, like the JFK assassination. Yes. I want to know That's what happened. It. Yes. Because I know it's not what they tell us. I think it's the CIA. Yeah, it definitely is. It's MKUltra. Sorry. It is. I can't tell if you're making fun of me or if you actually think no, that. No, I believe it. Yeah, no, that's a good one. I think that is what I want to know that. And then uh, this is like a like follow, like a semi want to know, but like I don't really care that much. But have you heard that conspiracy of there's like a, supposedly some like haunted hotel in downtown and there was like this girl. Eliza Lamb. Is it's that her name? Crazy. And she's yeah. the one that it was like she was last seen in like the footage with the like elevator. the elevator. And she's like looking out. And then she like showed up dead in like the water tank. Yeah. 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 Eliza Lamb. Uh, I'm getting chills thinking about it. I hate thinking about it. Yeah. I kind of want to know what happened there, but I kind of feel like I know. What do you think happened? I think she had like a split personality. Mm. I don't think there's any like. 
I don't know. It's that one freaks me out. Have you seen the video? No, dude. Don't watch it. I feel so freaked out just thinking about it. Like I literally am not going to sleep tonight. I feel so freaked out. The video that the elevator video. Yeah. Okay. I have seen that. It's really, upsetting. it was a long time ago and I, I vowed never to watch it again. I don't need to ever see it again. Yeah. Like all those, all of that random conspiracy stuff. I'm just like, uh, interesting, interesting. Yeah. Or like the Illuminati. I'd be like, where do they know. have the meetings? To be honest, like, I don't know what that is. I 100% believe it. So I used to be really into Can it. Can you explain in high it in school. like the most brief? The most way. basic terms is basically that there is like some ultra secret society that all the powerful people are like part of. So I think there's a, a couple different readings of it, but the. The basis is there's an ultra secret society that like is full of all the powerful, wealthy people think like world leaders, think like Jay-Z and Beyonce, like celebrities that like have influence over like culture and like policies and that kind of stuff and just like power and that they are basically in charge of like it's going to sound dumbed down to say like making decisions, like obviously, but they every, but they, there's like such an agenda that's calculated between all of them to like make decisions and like really control the narrative and whatever. So like, I think what's interesting to me about that is the idea that it's like the politicians and like, since Jay-Z and Beyonce are so, everyone's so obsessed with them being in the Illuminati that it's like, they, are also influencing public opinion by like the music that they release and the timing and like all that and that that's all working in conjunction to like maybe distract from like political things that are going on so that they can make move like it's like that idea and like the illuminati is like so in control of like the media and so yeah i yeah there's this essay called the affirmative character of culture who i'm forgetting the author's name it's he's in the frankfurt school which is like one of my favorite philosophy schools and the affirmative character of culture is basically like culture is used in modern societies to distract from like injustices mm -hmm. that are actually happening yes. and i feel like that's what the illuminati is i don't actually believe that there's like a secret society i just think it's like that's what culture is used for yes okay i don't know i don't know but if you play Beyonce's music back, she says, hail to the devil. Do you know Does that? Does she actually? No, but someone claimed that. Oh, well, yeah, there's a whole other part of the Illuminati and I'm not really well, super well versed in that side, but there's like a satanic element to it. Of course. Like with everything. Like with everything. Well, speaking of Satan. Oh. Quote, I was living in Hitler's private apartment in Munich when his death was announced. Was that He's, a quote from Satan? Well, Hitler, Satan. They're kind of similar in the evil. Okay. Um, that quote, Sydney, was not from some high-ranking Nazi officer, but a hardened ally. A fashioned model turned photographer, Lee Miller. Do you want to read the quote again? Yeah. I was living in Hitler's private apartment in Munich when his death was announced. So I mean, so my joke made sense. What? I was asking if the quote was from Satan, like Satan was living in his private apartment. Yeah, I guess he was. But so is Lee. I guess they were roommates. Oh, oh. so Lee Miller, born 1907, 
is one of the most remarkable female icons in the 20th century. And she is very admired for her free spirit, creativity, and intelligence. And she's also extremely hot. So Ooh, what's her name? Lee Miller. Lee Miller, spelled as L. Wait, don't look her up because it's going to ruin. Oh, damn it. I want to know what she looks like. Oh, I'll show you. This is her. Can you see? I mean, I can see from far. She definitely looks hot from far away. Wait, let me. Do you think, is it a better compliment to say you look hot, you looked hotter from far away or like you look hotter close up? I think it's you look hotter close up is like more of a compliment. This is her. Oh, she's very hot. Yeah, she's beautiful. Okay. So why was she in Hitler's apartment? We're, we're going to find out through her story. Ooh. So basically she's an American. She was born in Poughkeepsie, New York. And uh, her father was a photographer and constantly photographed her. And I read several different accounts where he may have photographed her nude, mm. which is very upsetting. Mm. And to top that off, she uh, was assaulted mm. when she was seven by a neighbor. Uh. So not a great childhood. Yeah, boo. Um, I hope she saw a therapist. Probably not. Well, no. <laughs> so um, at 19, she nearly stepped in front of a car in Manhattan, but was prevented by doing so by Condé Nast, which I didn't even know is a real person. Wait, Condé Nast is a man? Yeah. Did you Does, know that? Is he also who owns Condé Nast? He started it. Okay. So he was the publisher of Vogue and The New Yorker. That's a good name. I know. Condé. I literally thought it was a company. I did too. I figured it was maybe like two, the last names of two people combined. That's what I thought. Like Sterling Cooper, Draper Price. Um, <laughs> I'm just watch, rewatching one. I, can, where, I feel like you've been, where are you in Mad Men? I'm like right now? very far along. Like we're on the second to last season, it's which honestly so is good. not good. Second to last season. I, I don't want spoilers. I was going to ask what's going on. I'm trying to place it. Mm. you know yeah i just mimed what had happened which is a great ending to that season but then the season after is like when don and megan go to hawaii and mm. it literally is such a weird i forgot about that well i just think their writing is like kind of messy like i feel like they didn't know what they were doing wasn't that around the same time as the writer's strike though is that that might have been the writer's strike season because I couldn't remember which season it is, but there's a writer's strike season and the writing is like significantly weaker and it's just like, what is going on here? Oh, it must be. It, it might have been, been that season because it's like, like very noticeable. Yeah. Um, Isn't that? Okay. I'm about to expose myself. I feel like that's kind of sad that it's like, so the writer's strike happened and then like all these people who I guess maybe were waiting for their chance to like become writers or whatever and then they like came in and like wrote for all these tv shows and the quality just like dipped yeah or was it because people who weren't writers were stepping up since nobody wanted to cross the picket line i don't know i i don't I also know. feel like people are scummy and they'd be like well this is my chance so well, i'm like, sure I'm in hollywood yeah it was like okay fuck the writers like i'm just gonna go write but then yeah. like I don't know any show that it's like, man, that writer's strike season. Like, like that, that was a that hot season. That was like slapping. Yeah. I don't know. I assume it was people that were like, that crossed the picket line and were like, I'm going to keep going. 
but yeah. It's Maybe a, they made enough bank they never need to write again. It's an absolute stinker of a season so mm. far. Um, okay. Conde Nast. <laughs> she, he saved her from stepping in front of a car. What a nice 19. man. So then... They got in married. 1927. No. Oh. She became like the biggest model ever. She was on the cover of Vogue in 1927 and photographed by the biggest and the brightest photographers of the Not day. Not her dad. Not her dad. Unfortunately. Fortunate. I think fortunately for her, it was well, not I was saying her unfortunately father. for him. So she then went to Paris to be trained in theater and lighting, which is cool. In 1925, hmm. dream, Paris in the 20s. And then came back to go to Vassar College, which is in the East Coast. I don't know specifically where. And then um, she moved back to Paris because the surrealist movement was happening. And she was like, I want to get in on that. And so she sought out Man Ray and was like, hey, you're going to be my mentor. And he was like, I don't do that. And she was like, I don't care. Hi. Wow, good for her. I know. Absolute powerhouse. Um, She also starred in John Coteau's, I butcher his last name. He's the surrealist filmmaker. Mm-hmm. Uh. M- film <laughs> i was like what is that called um it's called blood of a poet and it's i'm gonna post it on the instagram because it is the weirdest thing i've ever seen she apparently was coated in butter and then put plaster over her so she played a statue and she like doesn't have an arm like you know the statues that an yeah. arm and it is very like uncanny and upsetting Interesting. but that's her only film role um did she do the lighting no. Oh. But she does so at she she worked for Man Ray, she became his muse. But then also became his apprentice and his soon his collaborator. So wow. she like got on equal footing. Good for her. This whole Oh my god. This whole gosh. thing is like good for her. Yeah. Truly. Okay. So um But are we supposed to not like her? She was staying in Hitler's apartment. We'll see why we like her. Oh, okay. Um, is she who convinced him, like, you got to get out of here, man. Like, nobody needs you here. No. Oh. So she learned from Man Ray. She, I saw several different accounts of this. I'm not sure what's true, but do you know um, the solarization? It's like when shadows become inverted. Huh? Uh, in photos like when the shadows become inverted it's called solarization like a solarized picture okay anyways they like invented that together or they rediscovered it for photography that was one of man ray's like famous techniques for his surrealist photography but i read in one account that lee just accidentally discovered it because when she was developing a photo she accidentally shined light on it and that solarizes it interesting isn't that cool that is cool um so while she she's like in the surrealist movement in paris she's like the it girl she's hanging out with pablo picasso she's hanging out with other wow she's hot both figuratively and figuratively in another sense and then she started contributing to the vogue paris as both a model and photographer um she made portraits and satirical drawings, photographed seat scenes, and made like abstract pictures that um, were very 
revered by the mm-hmm. fellow surrealists. Um, so she then came back to New York and set up her own studio and was like a really prized photographer. Um, even though it was the Great Depression, she came back in the Great Depression, but she was still like, like the cool lady. But then in 1934, she met this Egyptian man named Aziz Louis Bey. And she was like, we're in love. You're Bay. I'm going to Cairo. So she moved to Cairo with him and took the craziest pictures there. They're so cool. Um, she was just like in the desert taking pictures. They are like unreal. She has this one picture. I'll post it. That it's her standing on the pyramid. And it's just the shadow of the pyramid on the city below it. Oh, wow. It's cool. Um, so she made a lot of pictures there that made their way back to Paris and like, people were like, she is the best surrealist photographer. So like good for her. So then she moved, uh, back to Paris because she met another guy. (laughs) Oh, wow. Okay. Um, British surrealist painter named Roland Penrose. And so she moved to London with him in 1939, World War II. So she, the blitz started happening in London. And so she started photographing it. Um, and she got hired by Vogue to become a war correspondent. Vogue had a war correspondent. Yeah. Wow. Interesting. So she basically like, was like, I'm like, I want to be like on the front lines and like photographing this. And she did, she got clearance by the, um, by like the, the allied armies to like be like on the ground like photographing everything crazy so she um joined up with a life photographer named david e sherman who kind of became her mentor in photojournalism because previous to this that she hadn't really done that and soon they were going to france on the front lines in field hospitals in normandy they were at the liberation of paris um they got to this uh german occupy or they got to this island that they didn't know was german occupied and it was and they were in the middle of it and she took like crazy photos of it being raided and she was like there and she had this story where she was like i was sitting like crouching in this hotel room and there were so many bombs going off that the mattress was like shaking like all the springs in the mattress were shaking so cool or scary Uh That's scary. War is so scary. I, yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to think, like, I want to say that I am passionate about art and telling people stories and stuff, but I just, I'm not enough that I would put myself in the middle of war. Oh, no, I definitely want to. I cannot do that. That's so scary. Oh, my gosh. Not even just, like, the scare for my own safety, but also the fact that it's just, like, what you're seeing. Oh. I know. I can't imagine. Um, Well, the worst thing she saw was she went to some of the uh, concentration camps as they were liberated. Mm. So she was at Dachau and Buchenwald, like, as they were liberated. And she took photos of, like, when they first, like, the Allies first discovered it. And the pictures are horrifying. Um, So in April 1945, when uh, the Allies conquered Munich... Sherman and Lee Miller discovered Hitler's apartment. Quote, 
Lee took a leisurely overdue bath in Hitler's tub while an angry lieutenant of the 45th soap in hand beat on the locked door outside. So they basically what happened is they were in Munich as like the allies were closing in and some of the, uh, like infantry were like, Oh, we know where Hitler's apartment is. So her and her mentor photographer went in, they walked, they like went into the apartment. She looked in his bathtub and was like, I think we should take some pictures in here. So she took off her boots and like wiped all the mud off on the bath mat and got, she found a picture of Hitler in the apartment, put it on the bath like ledge and started taking a bath and he photographed her. And this is why I'm doing this story. I saw this picture and I was like, I saw it was like, she was in Hitler's bathtub mm-hmm. and it was crazy. And it's just a, like a crazy, wow. Im- you know, those pictures where you're like, that's an intense image. Yeah. So, um, she, it was, it was all her, like, she was like, I think this would be an amazing image. And Sherman who took the pictures said, quote, I think she was sticking two fingers up at Hitler. On the floor are her boots, covered with the filth of Dachau, which she had trodden all over Hitler's bathroom floor. She is saying that she is the victor. Wow. Isn't that sick? And then literally the next day, Hitler killed himself in Berlin. Do you think that was the final straw? He was like, not in my bathtub. Um, She also, there's a bunch of different stories of like what she actually did in Hitler's apartment. Some people said she was living there for like a little bit. Mm-hmm. Some people said she took a bath and then took a nap. And then some people say she just took a bath. But regardless, you should look up the picture. It's that's what I'm doing. Sick right as now. hell. Hitler. Wow. What a that's like so inspiring. Like what a right? lady. Wow. So cool. That is so cool. Good thing she had like a friend there. Imagine her trying to take a self-portrait. I know. Wow. We'll include this in our image guide. So after the war, really quickly, she moved back and married Roland Penrose, the British painter. But sadly, she had PTSD from war. Sure. And was an alcoholic and manic depressive and wasn't too good to her kids. (laughs) And then she died and her son discovered all of her negatives and then published them. So there used to only be one version of the bathtub. And then when he released them, there's like a bunch of different images of it. Wow. Um, But I just was like, wow, I have never heard of her. She's a super famous photographer out even outside of that image. But I love that she was a freaking war correspondent and just like in the trenches there. Totally. Big wow. girl boss energy. <laughs> How did she pass away? Um, she was old. Just like old age. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure exactly to be age, but. Um, wow. How in, I want to like, like she in, just like made it happen. Right. And like. Look at her, like, in her little outfit. Like, yeah, I saw that. So cool. Wow. But that bathtub picture is crazy, right? Like, her boots on the bath mat. I Um, feel like my heart would be racing. I know. I know. But I love, like, because she, like, literally was in the concentration camps and was like, fuck this guy. 
Yeah. You know? Wow. Crazy shit. Damn. I'm, I'm also currently doing some light reading, and I started that in- insanely huge book, Rise and Fall of the Third Reich. I thought you already started watching, listening, or reading. Oh, did I already talk about that? Yeah, I I'm thought so. I'm super involved in it. It's very good. Um, and quick, this is like a subtopic that's going to be a minute long. I, what's crazy about that book is that, um, after the war, like all the ally forces got all of the Nazis paperwork and they were like, as you've probably heard, like extremely detail oriented and they kept records of everything and it was shifted back to Virginia. And there was this warehouse that had all of the, like all the paperwork, like private journals, everything. And all these historians were like, Hey, like, can we like archive? archive it and like go in and like see what it is and they're like I don't know like probably not but like sure and so like a few historians were able to go in there and like go through all the paperwork and that the author of Rise and Fall of the Third Reich who was not even a historian he was a reporter got in and that's what the basis of the book is so it's like super firsthand interesting and like I thought it was going to be a very dry like academic book but it's actually extremely like personal um mm-hmm. but it's like a thousand pages <laughs> so isn't that how long summer reading your russian book that you're having me read is war and peace yeah i just love a. I'm i love just a gonna challenge. assume at this point that that's just how long you read but can i tell you okay it actually is intentional because i was thinking about anna karenina i knew that it was a very long book and i at this point was like pretty self-conscious about myself just in general. And I was like, I can read that. Like, I've always been a reader. Like, I can do it. And I did, and I found it extremely enjoyable. And then I was like, I'm going to do that to War and Peace. Like, I definitely can read it. And I did. Good for you. And it's really, I mean, it's not like a pretentious book. I know everyone thinks that, but it's really fun. Yeah, I haven't read it since the last time I told okay. you. But it's more because I've just had a lot going yeah, on in my yeah. life. Eventually, the hope is that I will have time. It's a real soon. I recommend. But that's Lee Miller. Huh. Feminist icon. We love her. Yeah. Big fans. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> that's the end of the episode. Okay. Thanks, everyone. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. New episodes every Friday. Again, we talked a lot about imagery. So I think this is the perfect episode to go check out our Instagram. Shut up. Keep going. All one word. Also, if you're enjoying this podcast, make sure to tell your friends. Have everybody listen. Uh, but also, I'm pretty sure Apple Podcasts might be the only one that you can leave a review. But if you're on a platform that you can leave a review, it really does help us. Thank so you. go give us the five stars that you we know you're thinking we deserve mm-hmm. sorry burping See five stars <laughs> and um write down a review about how much you love this podcast okay bye bye